The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good morning. morning. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. How are you, my friend? <laughs> you look fabulous. Thank you. What is up with your hair? It's fantastic. No, it just uh, just threw a few Velcro rollers in it this morning for five minutes. It looks fantastic. You look Thank great, you. girl. Um, I'm and so happy. I like your hair. Did you get a haircut recently? Well, you know, I've been cutting it myself for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> yes, with the COVID thing, I've been, since COVID hit, I've been shaving my own head and having great fun with that. I think you're doing a remarkable job. This could be a whole new career for you. Well, I thank you, first of all, but I think that just shows how little you guys have come to expect from me hair-wise. Um, <laughs> you, you know that my hair is a joke throughout the entire uh uh, autism community that we do we do our jargon of the day on the show and that there are colleges universities that task their beginning psychology students with watching the jargon of the day and writing them up and they're I've been told that their favorite thing is to compare how crazy my hair looks on different days and at different times <laughs> across the years so um, we we love to have that sense of humor listen You've been known to do some pretty wacky things with that hair of yours. You know, I, I uh, yes, I have. And, and probably I've, oh, across my life, I've had every color in the rainbow hair and have now settled on the gray thing. But I look at it this way. If my crazy hair, it convinces people to stay on two minutes longer to watch another jargon of the day and to be able to apply that to our kiddos, then great. It's working. Great. Uh, the, the evil plot is working. <laughs> Uh, how are you, my friend? I'm doing really well, Shannon. It's fall. Do you it's love fall? Fun? And there's fall is in the air. I've been cooking up a storm. I don't know. I'm channeling my mother. I've been making <laughs> all of these fall recipes. So my household is very happy about that. Um, yeah. I don't know what's gotten into me. It's the nesting thing. Yeah, well, I was up at five o'clock this morning baking an apple pie, but not because I was nesting or because I was feeling all fall. Our uh, freezer stopped working and now the refrigerator has stopped working. And so I'm just trying to use everything that is in there as fast as I can. And I had pie crusts in there. Oh, pie crust and apples. And apples. And and I was like, well, you know, I don't, I, I, I gotta, gotta do something with these. Plus, which everything that we had frozen that was in the freezer that was gluten-free was baked this morning in the oven. 
Um, oh, by the way, I made a banana bread that you had given me the box. Breads by Anna. Yes. Hello. Very good. Uh, listen, I, I when I give things away like that, you you know uh, you have to know that. I've been making that breads for Anna, banana bread, and they also have a pumpkin bread mix. I oh my God, I'm, I'm gonna get it. Oh, it's so good. And I order them by the case in the fall. Um, and it comes with a, a case of six of them. And, and I tend to give them away as holiday gifts because it doesn't take much to make it at all. But I swear, I have been feeding that banana bread and that pumpkin bread to people for how long now 18 years and not telling them that it's gluten-free and they don't know it's everything free it's everything free shannon yeah. it's gluten-free dairy-free soy-free rice-free i mean it has a list of not of ingredients it doesn't have on the package yeah. and it is yummy it's crazy good and they have a bunch of other mixes and they even during the holidays now they've taken to they have a cookie mix nancy that's fantastic uh -huh. And they've taken now to making a, a limited batch of baked things and shipping them to people. It's breads from Anna, you guys. And I have personally met Anna, which is oh. so exciting. When you know, it's like I want to meet Melissa and Doug from Melissa and Doug. But I've met Anna from Breads from Anna. They have a they have a small factory in the middle of Iowa, which is not where I met her, oddly enough. Um, but anyway, they make fantastic stuff. And it, it also tends to be very low glycemic as well. A lot of times there's no sugar in things. So we've loved it. Even when, when our son was being the cleanest of a clean on his diet, we made the banana and the pumpkin bread. It's so good. Use your organic bananas and your organic pumpkin, which are all available right now plentifully. Hey, we've got so much to cover. And right. and we, we need to move have on. an amazing guest. Can I just say we are live right now. It is Friday, September 24th. We are live. You guys can write in. We'd love to know where you're watching from, who's who's watching. Uh, Badruddin, hello from Morocco. So glad that, we, that you are here with us. And... Um, we so write in, uh, follow, share, download the podcast, do all of those things, right? But we've got a great guest who's coming up in just a little while. Karen Nolte is going to be with us talking about the Gemma project. This is something that we're going to be talking about. It's an incredibly ambitious, one of a kind, multi center study, and they're really looking to understand the role that our genes uh, play with our gut bio biome and with the environmental factors in the development of autism. So they are recruiting people to be a part of this study. You guys are gonna to wanna to hear about it. Karen's gonna give us the whole 411 a little bit later and talk with us about a study that's already out about um, the gut and autism and the role that it plays. But we've got some news that we wanna share with you and um, some of it tragic, but yeah important that we talk about. Hey, I'm saying hi to Christina and to Missy. Thank you so much, Missy. Missy asked, have we heard of introceptive sense and why does the sentence often get affected in autistic people? I'm, I, I feel like I've heard of that before, but I can't, my brain is not bringing it up right now. So I'd have to look into that, Missy. But um, we're going we're gonna to jump into our news right in more. Uh, so Nancy, we're coming up on the anniversary of one of the most tragic things to happen yes. in all of the autism community. 
we covered this uh, when it happened, but an amazing mom and her son, Feda Al-Maliti, and her son, Moo, he was known Muhammad, as yeah. they called him Moo, um, they passed away last year, just five days after her birthday, in a terrible house fire where um, Feda and her family, um, she had extended family who lived with them and Feda and her nieces and her sister got out. Feda realized that her son was not out of the house. Feda went back into the house after Moo and Moo was a big guy on the spectrum and somebody who had significant challenges and he didn't want to come down the stairs and you know, we can only speculate how horrible those last moments must have been, but you know, they perished in the fire with their arms around each other. And when I think about that, I don't know about all of you, but it just, it's so devastating to think about. I think it's, I, I didn't know Feda. I had exchanged emails with her and we were trying to get her to, uh, to be on the show. She was an amazing woman by all accounts. I, I know people who knew her well. Um, I I can only think as a mom that she made the only choice she could. Yeah. Um, and yeah. she was, Shannon, as you said, she was quite a remarkable figure in the world of autism. Um, we're going to be talking about this September 26 project, which is oftentimes how out of great tragedy comes great things um, and legacies. And... Um, if you go on the website for this, which I'm sure Trayvon can put up uh, at some point. Um, it's September. See, Trayvon see, will put it up, but it's september26.org. September26.org. And it has quite a bit. You can learn about Feta and the work she did. But out of this horrific tragedy has come this remarkable project. Uh, yeah. 10 minutes every 365 days can save lives. I love that. Yes. So what they've done, her family and friends, knowing what what a heart Feta had for the autism community, they, they put this together and it's resources for families. If you go to september26.org and there are simple, easy to follow resources to prevent this happening to anybody else. Um, it's things like checking your smoke alarms. Um, and, and there's a checklist of things to do so that this won't happen to you. And yeah, it's, got, it's got a couple of different areas. It's got fire safety checklist, natural disaster checklist, wandering prevention checklist. And I don't know about you, Shannon, but I haven't done half of these. I don't even have a fire extinguisher. This is really... Uh, been a wake-up call for me reading about all of these things, and I'm going to get on this. Well, I, I think it's super important. You know, here on the show, we try every year when, when it's the Great American Shakeout, we do the shakeout, and we encourage everybody, when, when we set the clocks forward and back, we encourage everybody to check your um, smoke alarms. But I got to be honest, even while we've done that, I'll check one or two of them, but sometimes you got to get up on a ladder and I go, I'll do it next week. Um, but this is a reminder that if this can happen to Feta and Moo, it can happen to any of us. Yeah. And, and there are more fires this time of year, home house fires than any other time between decorations for all the different holiday things and something sparks, whatever. It's so, so very important. Um, so please... Remember Feda, remember her son, Moo, go to this site, 
do do something for yourself and your family to check and see if you're safe and you won't be sorry. It's never wasted time. Right. Right. Um, also tragic news. I feel like we've shared so much about death this week uh, because Willie, we shared on Wednesday about Willie Garson dying and Richard Gilliland. Um, but then we wanted to make sure that we shared today that last week, Ruth Christ Sullivan, I think it's Chris Sullivan, right. um, who, yeah. uh, who was one of the pioneers and founders of Autism Society of America. She passed away at the age of 97. I, I hope that you guys have seen some of the tributes that have come in for her uh, and about the things that she did to move things forward. Um, an amazing lady. I didn't get the opportunity to meet her. Did you ever meet her, Nancy? I did not, but I wish I had. What an amazing woman, a mother of seven. Uh, she, her, her son was diagnosed at a time when refrigerator mother syndrome yeah. was being tossed about as one of the causes of autism. And she, she was a former army nurse with a master's degree in public health. And she started reading everything she could, meeting with other parents. Um, was she and Bernard Rimlin uh, founded what is now known as the Autism Society of America. So she was a true pioneer, this woman. Yeah. And, you know, one of the people that I'm reading lately that I just can't get enough of, and we're going to have him on the show, he's agreed to come on, uh, Thomas McKeon. Uh, if you're on Facebook, I just, he's, he writes on a pretty regular basis. He is a gentleman that is on the spectrum who is, you know, a little bit older than a lot of the people that we meet on the spectrum. Um, he was there in the beginning days of a lot of, uh, these things and he wrote a really beautifully articulate article about, uh, Ruth. And, and said, you know, she was an amazing woman who had very distinct ideas about autism that were from a very distinct point in time. And I love that he said sometimes, you know, people criticize her for some of her ideas, but people fail to remember all the work that she did and that things change over time, that what we know changes over time. I thought it was a really thoughtful a uh, lovely article about her and the difference that she had made in his life and in so many other people's. He really set the stage for how everything that people have now is because of this, you know, bottom foundation of people who made things happen and that, that Ruth Sullivan was one of those people. I, yeah, I this is definitely but, worth a read this Washington post article on a truly yeah. remarkable woman. But I also encourage people check out Thomas McKeon, a self-advocate, but okay. wow, just a powerful voice, I think, in the autism community. Um, okay, and our last uh, news, because we've got to get to Karen soon, um, in uh, Spectrum News, which who we love, spectrumnews.org, they've got uh, an interesting article about a new assessment, a screening tool to look for suicidality in autistic adults, which we know how important that is. Mm -hmm. and, and that, you know, just the other day I was saying that, you know, the number one cause of, of death for individuals on the autism spectrum is drowning due mm -hmm. to elopement. The second is uh, being hit by a car due to elopement. 
But um, suicide in adults is quickly uh, gaining traction. And this is a really bad statistic that obviously we would all like to see become less. Um, so I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, you yeah, guys and it's, it's available online, Shannon. It's called the it's Suicidal great. Behaviors Questionnaire Autism Spectrum Conditions, SBQ ASC. And, and, and my understanding is that it's five questions um, that they uh, ask you to see, to assess whether you're someone who needs uh, to be looked at further. What I love about this is that it's specifically designed to be able to catch these features in individuals who are adults on the spectrum. Um, because so often, you know, it's one size fits all and individuals on the spectrum are not going to fit into every one of those molds. Right, Nancy? Right, right. But this is very important and we urge all of you to take a look online and check this out. Especially if you are on the spectrum or if you love someone who is on the spectrum. Uh, Traven, is there any way that I, of course, I just closed it. Is there any way you can put the link to um, the at least the Spectrum news article um, on up for them in the chat um, so that they can see that. Traven will take a second and, and look at that. But we want to uh, introduce our guest today. Um, Karen Nolte is a regular here on the show. She comes on to talk about research and she's gonna talk about research today. Uh, and she heads up the research department um, at the Center for Autism and Related Disorders. I'm sure I've gotten that a little bit wrong because <laughs> I'm going to ask her to explain it to us. But she's she's going to talk about research, but she's also going to talk about something new, the GEMMA project, G-E-M-M-A, um, which we mentioned at the start of the show. Uh, we're going to let her talk a little bit about that. Uh, and tell us how you might want to participate. So let's welcome Karen to the show. Hi, There's Shannon. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> We're so thrilled to have you, Karen. We always love your background. It looks like peace. I and know. Tranquil. It's so beautiful. Yes. Need a little bit of peace in our lives. <laughs> that's right. And I, I think I slaughtered your job description. So tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, no, that was great. I'm the research director at CARD, and you're right, I head up the research department. So we do lots of different things. Um, we run research studies in-house, we support clinical quality at CARD, and we also partner with outside um, universities, individuals on research projects as well, which is what we're doing for the GEMMA project. Okay, so talk to us about the GEMMA project, and we're just going to let you talk. <laughs> sure, sure. So it's, it's a really exciting study that has the potential to have a huge impact. So CARD is partnering with Massachusetts General Hospital uh, for Children in Boston on the GEMMA study. And I should say right off the bat that that doesn't mean that you have to be in Boston to participate. They're enrolling across the country. And the GEMMA study, and, and I should say it's an acronym, um, it stands for Genome Environment microbiome and metabolism and autism. You know, that's a, that's a mouthful. So we go with Gemma. Um, and it's a really ambitious, one-of-a-kind, multi-center study that's looking to identify potential biological signs that would predict the development of autism. And the goal of the study is really to understand the role 
of our genes, our gut, our environment um, in the development of autism. Specifically, you know, we're hoping that we'll be able to identify potential biomarkers. And you may have heard of this, but biomarkers could be things that we look for in the blood, stool, urine, and saliva that could indicate an autism diagnosis. Um, also, you know, we're really looking to aid in the treatment of autism symptoms as well as GI issues. You know, a lot of our a lot of our kids and individuals with autism have have GI issues. So specifically for this study, we're looking to recruit infants up to six months of age who have a sibling diagnosed with autism. And because they have a sibling diagnosed with autism, they're, they're considered higher risk for developing autism. So that's why the study is looking to track them um, early in their life. So in sum, the study is looking to collect uh, samples uh, from, the, from the infant, uh, blood, stool, urine, saliva, um, as well as gather information from parents um, about the foods that they're eating, um, general dietary information, other clinical information such as antibiotic use, um, and that would be collected every six months during the first three years of their life. Um, now, to make it easier on parents, you know, the, the stool, urine, saliva samples can be collected from the child at home to make that a little bit easier. Um, and this, the study team can also help arrange um, to get the blood samples collected at the pediatrician's office or at a local lab. Everything can be overnighted back to the Massachusetts General Hospital staff. Um, so again, you know, you can participate from anywhere in the country, doesn't matter. We can do amazing things with our, our mail system nowadays. Um, I also like to make sure to note, we do have to collect one-time samples from the child with autism and from one or both parent at enrollment. And that's to, to get an idea of how the entire family um, looks in terms of these different things. So the real big benefit that I think there is to families I wanna talk about next. So while enrolled in the study, families have access to the GEMMA study team, which includes experts in the field of autism. Um, most importantly, the child's development is monitored throughout the study and we'll be implementing autism assessments every six months, starting uh, at the infant's one year, one year birthday. So that way, if the, if the baby develops autism while enrolled in the study, we can make referrals as soon as those signs emerge so that the child can get intervention as quickly as possible. So I also wanna mention that as part of the GEMMA study, there's an interventional arm. So what I'm talking about here is really assessing um, genetic, environment, microbiome uh, factors of these infants, but there is an interventional component. So if the child does develop signs of autism throughout the course of the study, um, they could enroll in that part. Um, and in that part of the study, they're using um, biomarkers to implement personalized treatment of those symptoms. So, you know, and on the, on the other hand, if the child doesn't develop autism, you know that as soon as possible, which can be really, really helpful information to have. You know, overall, we really hope the results of this study can help better understand autism and GI issues and increase quality of life for, for patients with autism. So if, if families are interested, I can give you that information now. Um, yeah. They can email the Gemma team um, and the email is mghgemma at mgh.harvard.edu. So they can email directly. Um, they can talk with Aisha. She's going to be the point of contact who can answer any questions I, I'm not able to answer today. So I will see if you have any questions for me and guide the families through the enrollment process as well.
Let's say the website two more times so that Traven can get it too and he'll post it in the chat. Yes, it's an email address and it's mghgemma at mgh.harvard.edu. So I'll say that one more time. mghgemma at mgh.harvard.edu. Okay. Uh, you know, I think not everybody wants to be a part of a study, right? I think we can all agree about that. But for those of you who are our parents that have a child that's on the spectrum and then had additional children, Nancy, we've had people on the show before, right? The fear is you're constantly watching the child to look for signs. Yeah. Um, and you'd like to know as soon as possible. Right. Uh, this is a, a great fit for those people, right? Mm -hmm. um, because not only are you going to help, uh, hopefully, help progress science so that more families will be helped down the road, but really, you're going to be able to participate in something that's pretty cutting edge. This is where we've been mm -hmm. trying to get to for a long time, right? Where they, I'm sure people have heard us talk before on the show about phenotyping autism and finally getting to the point where somebody looks at your child, sees what they're deficient in, what they, what pluses they have and designs a program around that. So pretty, pretty amazing stuff that we're talking about here. If you want to participate in the study though, you need to write to get more information. Is that correct, Karen? That is correct. Yes. I know a parent that I want to make sure gets to hear about this. Um, so, and, and how old do the siblings that are not on the spectrum, we're talking about babies here. How old do they need to be? Younger than six months of age. And actually they can, if, if, if you have a parent who's pregnant, they can contact the Gemma team to enroll. That might be easier to do before that newborn comes and takes over, over the, the household. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell you who I think about Nancy, uh, our good friend, Vena Tierro. Yes. Um, because Vena had her oldest son and saw that something was going on and in the meantime had her second son and was pouring all of her energy into the oldest son, getting him started because he was diagnosed with autism, yes. gave all of her energy to that. And she said, I turned around and saw that I had lost my younger right. child, Right, lost him. And, um, and he has, you know, Vane has been on the show many times. She's an independent filmmaker, brilliant, um, and has shared this. So I don't, I don't mind, you know, speaking out. I, I think she would want people to know her story. Absolutely. She's very open about this. And, and her second son ended up being so very much more severe. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if there's anything, she would like to go back and have, have seen it sooner. Um, so here, here is an opportunity for you guys to do that. Uh, and I think we have the flyer that we can show them too. Um, there it is. There's the flyer. So there's, there's the genome environment, microbiome and metabolome in autism. That's what the GEMA stands for. Thank goodness you guys gave us an acronym because that wasn't going to roll trippingly <laughs> off of anyone's tongue. Now was it? Um, so there you are. That you need to have the requirement, correct me if I say anything wrong here, uh, Karen, sure. you need to have a child who's already been diagnosed with autism and you have additional children that are uh, younger than six months of age or you're pregnant 
and you want to participate in the study, you they're going to make it as easy for you as possible, but your child's going to be looked at on a regular basis. Um, the child who is on the spectrum, did you say that just one time they need to take blood and stool and urine samples? That's correct. Just one time. And, and listen, I don't, you know, these research people, you guys, they have ways of helping you to take the, the stool and the urine samples. They've, they've figured that out. I think most of us, to be honest, Karen, we go, oh, that's just so very not fun. And, then, and then we put it off. Um, but if, if you fit the bill for this, uh, I think it's a pretty great opportunity to be of service and to help your kiddos. Um, uh, so I want to encourage people there on the screen, there's a phone number and there's the MGH Gemma at mgh.harvard.edu. Harvard. Yes. Are, you, you know, that's pretty, uh, Ooh, uh, <laughs> That's serious stuff right there. Uh, okay. And we see the lead investigator right there as well. So anything else we need to know about this, Karen? I think that covers it for the study. Yeah. Okay. I do well, have an article to share just to, just to give a little bit more information about GI issues for, for kids with autism. Right. We want to hear about that. First though, Amanda said that she and Amanda, we're so glad to see you here. We've missed you. Uh, she says, I'm sorry, I stepped away for a minute. Do we have to live in the same state? I know a family who might be interested who just had a baby September. Older sibling has autism. Anywhere in the United States. This study also has separate branches in Italy and Ireland. But uh, yeah, anywhere in the United States, we're enrolling through, through Massachusetts General Hospital. We have quite a, a following of people watching in Ireland. So if you're Ooh. in Ireland, hey, there you go. Yes, uh, reach out, definitely. We do, we, we do have some viewers from uh, Italy, but you know, uh, it's, it's obviously it's less um, because we're not speaking Italian here. Um, anyway, uh, okay, so fantastic. Check that out, you guys. And But Karen, uh, go ahead, because you had uh, a research study you want to talk about. Sure, so I wanted to give a little bit more information about GI issues as it relates to autism. So I have a study uh, to share with you uh, it's called um, Differential Immune Responses and Microbiota Profiles in Children with ASD and Comorbid Gastrointestinal Symptoms by Rose and colleagues from 2018. So that, that's a whole mouthful. I'll break it down for you. Um, what I really liked about this article is um, Dr. Alessio Fasano, who is uh, heading up the Gemma study, is one of the co-authors on this study here. So you know, for this study, you know, we know from previous research that autistic children have more GI issues than neurotypical children. And what they looked at here was the difference in the microbiome between autistic children with and without GI symptoms, as well as neurotypical children with and without GI symptoms. And the goal was to see if there were biological signatures of immune dysfunction. So I'll start by breaking this down, talking about the microbiome. What that means is all the bacteria, fungi, and viruses in our system. So when we're talking about the microbiome in our gut, we're, we're really talking about um, the diversity of the bacteria in our gut, the amount of the, the good bacteria, as well as, like I said, the, the fungi and the viruses, all of those microorganisms. So that's what we're talking about there. So, so the researchers shared some background information that I, that I thought was really helpful before we get into the details of the study. Um, they reference a previous study that collected data from almost a thousand autistic children and found that they were six to eight times more likely to have frequent GI symptoms. Probably not surprising to, to many um, 
viewers who have a child with these symptoms, but you know, I think it's, it's really helpful to have that information uh, in a study. Um, they also found that um, in autistic children with GI symptoms were more likely to have trouble sleeping, be more irritable, cry without a reason, be aggressive, and score worse on behavioral assessments. Again, that may not be surprising, but you know, that all sets the stage for the research these researchers were doing um, to really identify the microbiome and its impact on the immune function and, and how our children behave. So what they did for this study is they recruited participants for four different groups. Uh, the first group included autistic children with GI symptoms. Second group, autistic children without GI symptoms. Third group, neurotypical children with GI symptoms. Fourth group, neurotypical children without GI symptoms. So looking to compare, okay, do these systems in the gut, in the immune system, do they look different for these four groups of, of kids? So they enrolled uh, over 100 participants uh, from three to 12 years old and looked at blood and stool samples. Um, they also had the parents fill out rating scales about symptoms of their GI uh, in their children. And we're looking at like abdominal pain, constipation, seeing if they met criteria for diarrhea, irritable bowel syndrome. Um, they also had parents fill out um, the aberrant behavior checklist, the ABC, which gathered information on like irritability, social withdrawal, hyperactivity, those sorts of things. So what they found was in looking at the results of that behavioral assessment, um, the group of autistic children with GI symptoms had more atypical behavior scores, as we would have expected seeing the previous research. Um, they were more irritable, more agitated, um, and this wasn't just, you know, children with autism overall, but the children with autism with GI symptoms had greater, had higher scores of these specific behaviors than the autistic children without these GI symptoms. So that's the first thing. Um, they also found that the, the group of autistic children who had the GI symptoms had a clear difference in their immune response than the group of autistic children without GI symptoms. Um, there was a difference in their level of cytokines, which was a, a marker of immune function. And, you know, we know that there's a two-way connection between our microbiome and the immune system. Um, and this, this study helped kind of show that a little bit more. So looking at the microbiome, um, they compared the group of autistic children with GI symptoms to neurotypical children with GI symptoms and there was still a difference in how the, the microbiome looked, even in these two groups of, of children who had GI symptoms. So we know that um, our systems look different for, for autistic children versus neurotypical children, even if they both have GI symptoms, which I found was just really fascinating. We need to gather more information about this and to see why and what the implications are. Um, but it shows that, you know, our systems, uh, the systems of, of children are different, um, even if they have the same GI symptoms. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and we have an expression here, Karen, that we sometimes use. Uh, <laughs> we talk about some research, it's like the duh heard around the world. And this, yep. isn't, this isn't quite that, but what this is, is so important. This is research scientific proof of what parents have been saying since minute one. Parents right. have been saying something's going on with my child's poo. 
something's going on with my child's intestines. Something is different with my child. And the doctors have gone, you know, they've either said, well, your child has autism, so there's nothing we can do about it. Or they've said it's the autism or they've said there's nothing really going on, or it's the same as everyone else who has gut issues and not addressed the problem. Mm -hmm. So I love that we're getting down to brass tacks here and comparing. Right, right. And, you know, this is, you know, information that we're hoping to build on more with the Gemma study. Um, you know, it, it's just really exciting to see, okay, now that we have these biomarkers of, you know, okay, children with autism are different and, ch and children with GI issues are different. All these four different groups they looked at in the study, there are these differences. So what do we do with this information and go from here is, is just really exciting to me. It's really exciting to me too. And I think Nancy can speak to this too, because I hope I feel like, and this is just me and I know nothing, but I feel like sometime soon we're going to have a test for autism that we can mm -hmm. do in a child's poop, that we can look at poop and predict this child has autism. And we, can, we also will know how to treat the, the GI symptoms from what's missing or extra in the poop. And that once we treat that, that the aspects of the autism will be diminished down to what is really actually autism, which is much easier to handle than autism and a GI issue. Because think about it. If you guys are having diarrhea or pain in your intestines, how good are you performing today on anything? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know a mother of an autistic child out there that doesn't have GI issues associated with their child. I mean, Wyatt had severe colic. He was allergic to regular formula. We had to use Nutramagen. Um, he had, of course, gluten and dairy allergies, as we found out later. And uh, this was all, you know, linked and tied into his autism. So this is very exciting, this work. And it's- Yeah. Go ahead. No, I, and I was just going to say, you know, the link to the immune system is also a really, really exciting piece um, to, to hopefully help help our kids here. You know, I know I've, I've worked with some autistic children who just seem to get sick so much more often. And I'm curious to find out what what the link is here, too. Everybody over at Taka is going, oh, welcome to the party that we've been at for the last 20 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, seriously, that's part of but this is important because this is how it gets mainstream. This is how we get, you know, just the other day on Ask Dr. Doreen, Dr. Grampiche was saying, let's all remember that 10 years ago, if you talked about a probiotic to someone, they thought you were doing some crazy third world, you know, it, like I remember talking to my mom and saying, you know, you really should take a probiotic. And she was like, oh, I don't do any of that funny Ayurvedic. And I was like, no, <laughs> what are you talking about? And, um, you know, and now you turn on the TV and every third commercial is for a pro pro probiotic or a prebiotic, right? These things get more mainstream. I'm so proud of the autism community though and the parents that they've been ahead of this for quite a while. So, mm -hmm. so thrilling though, that not only now is science gonna catch up to that, but look at this, Karen, behaviorists are catching up to this too. Mm -hmm. And when yes. we put, Nancy has said for the longest time, I have said for the longest time, if we get behaviorists on the page where we're looking at the immune system and looking at the gut, 
oh, good things are going to happen. So it it's is starting. It's starting. It's starting. Yes. <laughs> and, and there's proof. There's evidence that yes. all those parents for all those years, not crazy, not, not crazy. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Uh, I love it. Karen, I, you, I just, I think it's amazing all these things that you're involved in because you are putting the pieces together and we're looking forward to see what you get out of that. Um, and, and, and what the researchers, um, get out of that and, and hopeful about all of that. So again, if people have questions about this research or any other research questions, you can write us. I think the best place to write us right now is autismlive at gmail.com. Tell us you have research questions or you have a question for Karen or for anyone on the research team at the Center for Autism and Related Disorders, because we love going to them and having them answer our questions. But if you have questions about the GEMMA uh, project, are we calling it a project or a study? I'm confused. I think the study. I, I kind of like to mix up words and, and get creative, but it's the GEMMA study. <laughs> okay, the GEMMA study. If you have questions about that, Traven, can we put the email up one more time? I know I'm throwing you a curveball. Um, but, uh, you can also write us here, but for more information, M G H G E M M A at M G H dot Harvard dot edu. We'll remember the Harvard part. Uh, all right, Karen, uh, did we, have I cut you off from anything? Was there anything else you wanted to share? No, that covers everything. All right. Thank you so much for giving us all of this great information. We hope that it, I, you know, we want to charge you if you're watching us live or watching us later recorded this uh, study, you may not have a child under the age of six months, but you probably know somebody who does and how helpful would it be to them if you shared this information with them? So either share the video, put their name in, you know, on Facebook in the video so that they'll know to come to it or email it to them let them know because how many children are you looking for? How many babies? Uh, about 200. There we go. So um, I encourage you guys to, to reach out and, and be a part of that. Karen, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Great. Karen. Thank you so much. Wunderbar. Um, and so Nancy, you and I rare, have a rare opportunity that we have a couple of minutes to chat about things. Okay. Uh, which, why, let's, why don't, I'd like to get updated on what's going on with our kiddos. Tell me, I know Jim is getting ready for college. Oh, he's, he's four weeks in. Oh, he's four weeks in. I didn't four know. Four weeks in, which is crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, it's so interesting. Our lives are so different at the moment than they've ever been. So Jim, it, he started college and his college is still almost exclusively online, uh -huh. um, which is a ginormous bummer, but I'm trying to ride with that. Um, I love that, you know, he's super safe, but it's a bummer because I don't feel like he's really getting the college experience. He's getting a college experience, but not the one, and he, he has nothing to compare it to. And I don't want him to get comfortable thinking that college is something you just do online. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do college online, but I want him to have that whole social experience. Of course, of course. Um, but he is also working full time right wow. now. Wow. In addition to going to college, he's working yeah. full time? Full time. Now, it's not 
for long. Um, he, I don't know if I've shared this before. I don't even know if I'm allowed to share this. So we're going to whisper okay. uh, and I'm going to speak euphemistically. Uh, my son got tired as an actor uh, in one of the very large amusement parks in the Los Angeles area in their Halloween spectacular thing. And I'm not going to say which amusement park because I think I can get him in trouble if I say that. But he is part of a scare experience as an actor and he's a union actor scaring people for a living. Uh, <laughs> so stop, stop and think about how crazy that is. But he is having a blast um, doing that. But he, so he works from Thursday to Sunday night and sometimes is not done until 2.30 in the morning. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, because of COVID and like, we want to take our toll, our time having him drive. So he doesn't drive. So mom and dad drive and pick him up at 2.30 in the morning. So if, if I have looked more tired to you, if I've seen a, seemed a little loopy of late, it would be a complete and total lack of sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes it is so crazy because he will be finishing a class that's like he has a class and then he has labs for things. Mm -hmm. And so he'll, he'll do the class and get on his phone on a lab and I have to take him in the car. So he is in the car I make him let me listen to it. So I'm going to college too for math. I don't want to go to college for math, but so yeah. I can hear the teacher over the, the speaker in the car as I drive him over to drop him off. His class ends, he gets out of the car and goes to work. He is so busy. He doesn't know if he's coming or going, um, but it's just until November 1st. Okay. So, but, and, and I, let me just say, we feel so fortunate and lucky that he's having this opportunity that he's working and, um, it's because he's working so intensively right now, he won't work the rest of the school year because uh -huh. one of the things that did happen, he auditioned for a play at, at the college. He did not get called back for that play, but he got called for another play and he had to say he couldn't do it because he was working and that kind of bummed me out. But he's working as a working actor. So I, I, I following in the footsteps of his mama and papa. He, and papa, I said he's, you know, he's he was making his debut in the family business. Yeah. So um and we got to go to the preview night to see him scare people. Because I would never go to one of those things otherwise. Are you kidding me? Not ever in a million years. Do you like to go to a haunted house situation or a scare? It's not thing? my thing, Shannon. Me neither. Me <laughs> neither. Let me say that. But, you know, if, if I think I could say this for both of us. If, if Wyatt was hanging laundry somewhere, you'd want to go and see it, right? Absolutely. And that's me too. I was like, all right, well, we'll go see this. So we did. Um, that's all, the only time I need to go. But Anyway, so that's what's going on with Jem. Now, Wyatt is back at school too, right? Wyatt is in vocational school. He is in what they call the post-secondary program at Agora High. And it's a little difficult in this day of COVID because usually in this program, they get job training. And he started it last year and they had to do it all online last year. So there was very little actual job training. There was a lot of talk about what jobs entail. And last year he thought he wanted to be a car mechanic, but we discovered, no, car mechanic, not in his future. He very complex and he just, he just couldn't really grasp it very well. So we're moving on. He says he wants to work. And uh, this morning I had uh, 
a Zoom conference with the Department of Rehabilitation to talk about that, you know, because I want to be ahead of the game. I mean, it's two more years before he graduates from vocational school, post-secondary high school. But I know people, they call it falling off the cliff, right? When your kid stops having services so uh, from uh, education. So um, it was very encouraging. Um, they're going to get me hooked up with a job counselor for him. And he can even start uh, working now. I don't know how he could fit it into his busy schedule between he's close to getting his black belt in karate. Um, but I'm making him hold off on that because he still has some temper tantrums now and then. And I told him no black belt is allowed to have temper tantrums. So until the tantrums are completely gone, we will not get the black belt. So that's the dangling carrot. The there we go. When he stops having these behaviors. But uh, he's also pursuing his art. Um, he's studying with a brilliant artist named Paola Luther. And she is blown away by his talent. And some of his recent Yay. pieces are blowing me away. He just loves love his that. art. He continues to love that. And um, I do this year on my list, Shannon, is to do a, a showing of his work here. At the Good. House and have people over to see it. Um, I've had some interest. I've been putting some of his work on Facebook. And uh, Howie Hoffman, our friend who's with Exceptional Minds, he wants to buy a piece of Wyatt's work and uh, was just on the phone with him yesterday. How so, fantastic. Um, yeah. And then he continues to have some card uh, therapy. He's in about 10 hours a week. And so we're still a card family and very uh, happy about that because uh, he's still getting a lot from that. So That's we're amazing. very busy, very busy. Yeah. Well, let me tell you that um Autism Live, we're, we're going through some changes. And one of the things that we're, we're really wanting to do is find more opportunities for folks that are on the spectrum. We're looking at, uh, you know, self-determination has just become a thing uh, here in California on July 1st. Um, and we're, we're looking at, to see if we, if Autism Live can possibly vendor with the regional center to be a place where we have interns doing job training because we have several things that people could do. I would love to think that somewhere down the line that perhaps we would be able, because heaven knows we, we need artists at Autism Live to be creating mm -hmm. artwork and animation that do things um, for different things. Uh, so I'd love to think that somewhere down the line that why it could be working at Autism Live. That would be amazing. We would love Wouldn't that. that. Be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. You know, I love Wyatt. And listen, he is so talented. Oh my goodness. I'm not surprised that Howie wants to buy a piece of his work. Um, and Howie's an artist himself. That's yes, he is. So that's amazing. Well, it is, it's an interesting time. I have to say, I, you know, uh, I, I live in Los Angeles County. And now are you in Los Angeles County? You're just outside yes, of Los Angeles. I'm right on the border of Los Angeles and Ventura. I'm in Westlake Village, but we're right on the border. So um, I had a friend who uh, called me yesterday and they, they had just come back to the, they, they've been out of the country for the last nine months. They just came back and they, uh, they came back to LA and I was sort of keeping them up to speed on what the rules are here and what everything is. And they, uh, they had to go, they went to a restaurant and they said, I don't understand what happened. 
I don't, I don't I, like, you know, I thought there was a mask made and I went to this place and there's no masks and whatever. They crossed over the line in Orange County. Uh, and I've not been out that much. So I didn't realize, I tend to think that the rest of the world is doing what Los Angeles is doing. And for those yeah. of you who don't know, yeah. Los Angeles is under a mask mandate. If you are, um, if you are indoors, you have to have a mask on. And as of this week, if you're in a large, that's all right. If you are in a large venue in Los Angeles County, like let's say you're going to a concert, even if it's outdoors, you now have to wear a mask. And, in to, and now don't they have the vaccine mandate for concerts and bars and Yes, for some, uh, but I don't think that takes a place until the 12th for some reason. That if there are certain venues that if you go into, you have to show a vaccine card or you have to show a recent within 48 hours uh, negative test for COVID. So, and I tend to think that this is how everybody has been living, how everybody is doing everything. And then somebody says they stepped on the other line. Of, of, of something and they go, no, it's not like that anywhere else. Cause I'm watching TV and I'm so excited about the new shows that are on. If you know me, you know, I'm a TV addict. Uh, but I watch and I go, look at all those people walking around with no masks. That's so crazy. I so outside my experience, but apparently everybody but Los Angeles is there. I must say that, um, you know, people have all their opinions about it, but our, our COVID rate keeps going down in Los Angeles. Yes. So, so I will say that thinking, and I'm enjoying that. Did I read somewhere that, uh, California has the lowest COVID rates in the country now? I don't know. I don't know, but I know that Lo Los Angeles went from being the center of everything to now having one of the best case scenarios. Um, so, and I, and I think a lot of people are like, well, okay, does that mean we can take the masks off? I'm looking at Israel and saying, I don't think so. I don't want to take the mask off personally for me. I'm going to wear my mask probably forever. Um, because I, I kind of groove on it now I've gotten used to it and, um, I like it. I well, like you'll it. save, you'll save on lipstick. You won't have to buy lipstick anymore. Well, and, and, you know, because I'm allergic to wheat, I don't usually use lipstick. I use a lip pencil. Um, but still, yes, I'm going to save on that. But even now when I'm going places, it is amazing to me how often people cough on you. Uh -huh. um, just cough or sneeze or whatever. I mean, how many times have you guys been walking through Costco and somebody just sneezes on you, right? Right. Um, and so I'm kind of, I, I like that it's really socially acceptable now to wear a mask. And I, I kind of, even when we get to the point, because there was a little period of time, there was what, two weeks in Los Angeles where you didn't have to wear one. Uh -huh. and, it, and, and most people were pretty good about it. If they wore a mask, nobody gave them crap about it. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm probably going to be one of those people that chooses to wear it. Um, somebody wrote in and said, yes, California has the lowest transmission rate in the country. And somebody else said, OMG, we just moved to Texas and it is a mess. Nobody is wearing a mask. I swear. Nobody. You go to Texas and Florida and there's no mask. Arizona yeah. too. No mask. I, my, my friend refers to it as Texas that COVID never came to Texas. And of course it's not true. There's people in the, in the hospital wards, um, that, you know, obviously, but it, but it behaves as if it has not. 
I, you know, I, I have no words to say for that. Um, but I, I'm, I'm just hoping that we all stay as safe as possible. Yeah, I, I the bet day, there'll be a lot lower flu rates this year because of all the. Well, there certainly the was last year, and you know, I've had allergy symptoms where I've sneezed and whatever, but I haven't had a cold in all of this, and I love that. I absolutely love that. So, um, yeah. You know what else I love about wearing the mask? I can what? make as many faces as I want to and nobody sees. <laughs> and I make faces. I'm like, <laughs> I guess they can tell from your eyebrows a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but, and I also love that when I go places, I'm not having to pile on the sunscreen on my face. Right. Uh, I haven't got a, gotten a real, knock on wood, a real bad sunburn this year. Uh, okay. Amanda says we are home and safe and everyone is homeschooled. We're not playing. And I appreciate that too. Um, we're, we were so, 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 so safe for so long. Um, and, uh, now, you know, we're doing our level best and, uh, hope, you know, um, but, uh, we move on anyway, Nancy, thank you so much for being here with us. And, um, for, for participating with us. We want to thank Karen Nolte for all the great information she gave. If you missed that part of the show where she talked about the Gemma study, want to encourage people to go rewind, go watch it, see about it, share it with people that you know, because you know that people who have one kid on the spectrum and they have a baby that's six months or under, they're probably not having time to watch this. They right. really are counting on right. you to tell them. So yeah. spread, everybody, please spread the word about this because this is really a remarkable undertaking and um, just a great gift, a potential gift to so many families. Yeah. And, and for the families, what I love is that often when you're participating in the study, like, you know, you're doing it very altruistically to hope for help down the road and it's not really helping your kiddo. This is one where it actually will help your kiddo because they're going to be screened on a regular basis by some amazing experts and if they see signs of autism, then you're going to get that true, really uh, early intervention, which we all know is the thing. Even a new study came out this week. I didn't have time to put it in our news this morning. New study showing that early intervention really early really heads autism off at the pass. So, uh, all right, we're out of time, but thanks so much for being here, Nancy. Thank uh, you. I'm going to call you. Are you available? I'm going to call you. Yes. All right, I'm going to call you right as we end it. But for you guys, uh, we will be back next week uh, with some amazing shows, Temple Brandon on Tuesday. And we've got a big announcement that we're doing on Wednesday during Ask Dr. Doreen. You're not going to want to miss it. And then on Thursday is International Podcast Day. So for International Podcast Day, we're doing a very special show uh, where I'm going to be doing uh, what, what we call Shannon's 10 parenting tips. Uh, so you're not going to want to miss that because I promise it's, it's my top tips for autism parents. So you want to be here for that International Podcast Day. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me. And give yourselves a hug from me. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye.